you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and our brother Richard are on tap to help us navigate the Friday edition mm-hmm. of Aaron the Addison's. We call it our gumbo show. It's kind of like we do a recap of the week. Um, sometimes that can be a little bit of a lighter show, depending on uh, who calls in and who we're found talking <laughs> to or about. Um, right. Sometimes the recaps get us going again. Yeah, you know what I mean? True. And so it just it has to be expected. Um, but let's take a jog back through the week and look at where we started and then uh, where we end up today. On Monday, um, show topic was your church reflects you. Mm. And we were talking about how, you know, it is just true. The word of God is true. Yeah. And then we see this kind of um, displayed in reality that people heap up for themselves the types of preachers who will tickle their ears Mm -hmm. or preach what their itching ears want to hear, which was always a strange phrase for me um, growing up. You know, (laughs) do you remember ever hearing, I'm sure you couldn't quote those sermons, but you, you grew up in church as I did. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing, and they'll have itching ears, (laughs) you know, don't you remember that? And like, did you, you probably didn't even realize that as a kid, you didn't really understand what that meant. You right. thought you you did because you heard it so much. You heard preaching about itching ears. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You Was there? It. No, yeah. you heard that all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I and I don't I don't think I really understood that what it no. really meant. You know. Right. But I'm acquainted with with that scripture. You know, because of, of hearing course. it in church. But, and uh, the context of it. In the context, yeah. But yeah. just not really catching. You know what is actually being said there. No, we didn't know. But, you know, here's the thing that strikes me about that. Um, that was preached. Yeah. That was preached. You know, there was, there was, I mean, you can, you can say what you want, or one could say what one wants to yeah. say about um, what we call old school church. But from what I recall, um, there, was, there was a press and a desire for holiness and distinction. Oh, yeah. And that is not to claim any type of perfection, but it is to acknowledge that there was a press toward holiness Mm -hmm. that you could sit in church and you could be uncomfortable, right? Like you could, you could sit in church and you could pretty much bank on, you know, (laughs) the word was coming for you. Mm. The word was (laughs) right. Like the word was, the word was coming for you. It was sort of like the, um, you know, what you're going to do. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> right. you know, y- right. you weren't going to sit in church and be comfortable. No. Like there were, um, there were instances where you would hear the pastor, or the preacher say things like, you know, and shacking up is a sin, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to talk about those, like, I mean, it, but, but once nowadays, again, as a kid, I don't, I don't know if I understood <laughs> what that no, really No, but I tell you what, the adults sitting around you <laughs> sure knew. did. Oh yeah. They understood. Definitely. Definitely. And, and you know what happens? There, there are a lot of people that, um, they have these kinds of testimonies where they they're like well i left the church because i felt like the church was too judgmental yeah the church was too critical and and you know 
if you're untrained in the <laughs> word of God or unskilled in the word of God, you might give a lot of credence to that and be like, oh man, you were hurt by that. Like you were, you know, and, and then as you grow in your knowledge of God, you're like, wait a minute, but let's define critical and judgmental. You know, I remember a few years ago, um, I was talking to someone, this was several years ago, probably mm-hmm. almost 10 now. And uh, I was talking to someone out in the parking lot of a, of a grocery store. And she said how, you know, she was so injured by the church. You know, mm-hmm. she just felt like the church was so hurtful to her. And I remember, um, you know, standing there, you know, <laughs> outside and being like, you know, man, do you feel comfortable to share? Like what happened? Like, how were you injured by the church? And, and she said, well, you know, it's just a bunch of things that the church was doing at the time. Um, she goes like, I remember, you know, she was like, I was a part of the choir and I was singing in the choir. Mm-hmm. And, and then she said, and I got pregnant and she, and she goes, and I wasn't married. But she goes, but they sat me down. They told me that I couldn't. <laughs> they told me that I couldn't sing in the choir, pregnant and unmarried. <laughs> yeah. And so I was standing there, and like, just this is real talk, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Like that moment, and just one hundred percent that moment mm. where you go, okay, wait. <sighs> right. Do am I like what do you say, Lord? Yes, am I supposed to just listen or am I supposed to go? Well, actually, they were (laughs) that's church discipline, like (laughs) you know, because that's sin, right? So you can't go undisciplined and still be facilitating from any position of influence Mm -hmm. worship in the Lord's church without the proper like reconciliation, like there's repentance and, you know, and, and so if that were to go unchecked. And so as we were standing there, I just said, I said, now, did they ever restore you? Did they ever walk through with you about right. like why that was sin? So I was trying to find a gentle way yeah, to say, no, I agree with great, them. That's a great question. What, I mean, did they? No, I don't think so. I think she I, left. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. no, I think she, she ran from that. Now yeah. here's the, here's the question. The question is, you know, is it the responsibility of the church leadership to do um, an appropriate job or to do a sufficient job in making sure that you point out yes, that is. this is discipline? You, you understand right. what you I'm saying? To, that this yeah, is definitely because yeah. if you don't, then it really just becomes, you know, oh, they hurt me. You know, yes, and there was no exp- yes. explanation. They just didn't like it. Yeah. You know, no, but you got to turn to the word and say, hey, this is why. We are doing this, and we're not throwing you away. We right. want you to be restored, but man, right. you have to. But you to... can't be standing up here, exactly. singing. And you can tell how old this story is because you know she was in the choir. You know what I mean? And just that tells you the time, right? Because <laughs> yeah. like we don't have a whole lot of choirs um, across the country now? anymore. Yeah. They, yes. I mean, I don't know that they're and... there, which is unfortunate. Because, well, I say that in a sense to say the collection of voices in worship, I think, was something that we should have never lost. I don't think yeah. it should have been limited to just a, the choir. Right. I think all of the church is expected to fully engage in worship. Yes. I, I, agree. I just, that's it. I'm about to pivot to a but, different topic know. here, but I, I think we lost something in turning to more of a uh, performance type of worship. Yeah. And I think, I know. think even in the Bible, you do see where the skilled musicians are leading yes. out. You know, but it still it's supposed it should be the congregation. Everyone, you know, should be able to join in and mm-hmm. praise God. You know, but it's turned to almost like there's these uh, select f- people who sing, and we all kind of watch them like a concert. You know, right? It's like no, like he wants to hear from you. Exactly, and which I think it's okay for the skilled worshipers. In fact, I think that's necessary. I think mm-hmm. that's important for the skilled worshipers 
to to use that gift. There, there is a unique gift. And so there is a calling to use that gift. I think the problem is that it turned into only these people, which I think is not represented in a New Testament church. Oh, we should say skilled musicians because we all should be worshipers in some, some type Amen. of Amen. Oh, great know, correction. Even if it's yep. not singing. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. And the skill in worshiping is not your talent. Right. 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 Exactly. Like that's it's it is truly a heart. It is a posture that is the heart of a worshiper. Recognizing who we're worshiping, by yes. the way. Amen. Um, anyway. OK, so that was Monday. <laughs> that was Monday. And <laughs> yeah. then on Tuesday, we talked about transphobia. Mm. And we yeah, talked about these people definition. who are so. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> these people who are so afraid that um, the truth is out. The truth mm. is out about their moves to trans our kids and to trans adults mm. and to cause a type of confusion and pain that is causing a lurching back of the culture in real time. And whenever you see this happening, you know, as the attacks are happening, people's yeah. eyes are being opened. That just shows you how great and how devastating the pain and the suffering really is. Mm. And so I think, you know, when we talk about transphobia, it has nothing to do with people being afraid of people who are confused mentally. Right. I think it has everything to do with people who are afraid that we of will continue truth. to expose yeah. that they, yeah, that they're harming people. Right. Um, irreparably right. harming people. Uh, we talked about Chris Beck, former Navy SEAL, mm. a member of SEAL Team 6. Uh, I think like 13 deployments, um, suffered incredible trauma, and, um, and then came home, needed help, and was transed. Right. Right. Can you like think about that? Like yeah. came home seeking help and was trans. So that was on Tuesday. And then yes. on Wednesday, you had Gabriel Parker on uh, talk yeah. about the Path of Revelation podcast. Tell us about that. Yeah, we did. We talked about a few different topics. We talked about uh, the church because he's a pastor now and mm-hmm. the Lord is uh, using him uh, in the local fellowship. And so we talked about the responsibilities of a pastor. We talked about uh the movements within the church, you know, that have come in to be a distraction, like, you know, the whole I- identity, um, mm. you know, talk about black Hebrew Israelite type oh stuff, goodness. you know, yeah. and, and where I, our identity should be, you know, that's in Christ and, you know, how we have some difficulties today, you know, with, with that, you know, mm-hmm. it, like, it's almost like the gospel is not enough, that yeah. being in Christ is not enough. So we talked about that. It was just a, a, a bunch of different topics. And Gabe is always a, a, a great person to talk with about that because he yeah. has a biblical mindset sounds in his mm-hmm. doctrine and uh you know knows how to communicate it and very thoughtful too yeah. I one of the things that I appreciate about him is that he's he's sound he's biblical but you can tell that he contemplates these issues as well you know what I yeah. mean like he's not trying to necessarily have the first response or the most impressive response, but he wants to honor God right. in that. And so that's really cool. Then yesterday we talked about the desantizing that's mm. happening down in Florida, yeah, which is what we've just come to expect. We're very used to Governor Ron DeSantis uh, doing his job. We're, we're used to him governing. <laughs> yeah. Which that's is all like, we ask for, right? I do think so. Job. I think just do your job. And, <laughs> you know, but, but because, because there's a lack of that in our culture today, it becomes a novel thing. Yeah. Um, Surgeon General, Florida Surgeon General, uh, Joseph Ladapo also doing his job and saying, hey, we're going to investigate the uh, the lies or the, the concealing of information surrounding yeah. uh, the COVID-19 and shots. People dying that, suddenly. Yeah, people dying suddenly. And, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it really scares people to have um, Dr. Ladapo uh, say things like that dying mm. suddenly mm-hmm. 
or suddenly dying or any combination of those two words. I don't right. know what other combinations there can be. It's only two <laughs> words. But I think people are afraid of it because, you know, there is a documentary out that is actually covering the fact, the fact mm-hmm. that all across this country, people are dying suddenly. Um, healthy people that you would not expect. They don't have the types of um, comorbidities that we love to be able to hide behind when we talk about medical information. Well, you know, there was this and there was that. Nope. Perfectly healthy people, people who are out running, people who are covering sports events in other countries and having cardiac events. Mm-hmm. And but when we talk about that, it's just too conspiratorial for our culture at large. Like it's it's just so far. And I think because we've been conditioned to believe that we can trust information only from certain sources. Yeah. And so when you have when you have a certain general, um, I believe he's Harvard educated, by the way, Dr. Ladapo, I believe is Harvard educated when you have a surgeon general like that saying, no, these adverse events um, are overwhelming and we've got to investigate this. I think it's hard to ignore that. I think it's also hard to ignore that, um, you know, surgeon general Ladapo Mm -hmm. happens to be more melanated. (laughs) I think people are so mad about that. I mean, there was just at his confirmation, you know, just the fact that he was chosen um, by Governor DeSantis was big hoopla, you know, yeah. and <laughs> which causes a conflict for the liberals because they're like, oh, man, it's just <laughs> so much easier for them to um, forcefully attack less melanated individuals. Mm-hmm. Right. Without worrying about this, this tension that they that they feel, right. you know. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, Surgeon General Ladapo L- uh, looking into this and, and, and man, doing the things that I think you just expect people to do. That's you right. Know, so. That's right. All right. So that is the recap of the week. When we come back, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to open the phone lines. But I don't know if we have enough time. Before we go to the break, I, I do not want to overlook that on Tuesday in this country. Mm. Um, okay. Well, we'll have to do it on the other side of the break. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> you can That's talk fine. about it. We can I come can... back with it. Okay. Yeah, okay. Very want. good. We'll come back with the clip. Um, the White House. Mm -hmm. Uh, making much of mocking marriage on Tuesday, uh, even inviting drag queens to be a part of this, truly showing that there is no rhyme or reason, that there is no logic to anything that's being done in this country anymore. Mm. Um, I think the invitation of the drag queens to come to the signing of the so-called Respect for Marriage Act shows that the playbook is complete. The playbook has come full circle because that was going to be the introduction of success that those who like to wear the feather boas are finally invited to come out. And when we saw that happening on Tuesday, the White House inviting the drag queens out. Yeah. All right. We'll grab the break. We'll come back. Um, Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. is becoming something we're all becoming what we behold everybody wants to find their purpose everybody wants something more cause if I'm gonna be more of anything I just wanna be more like you if I'm gonna be more of anything, I just wanna be more like you. If I'm giving my all to anything. Today's a good day. Yeah! A day America takes 
a vital step toward equality, toward liberty and justice, not just for some, but for everyone, everyone. Toward creating a nation where decency, dignity, and love are recognized, honored, and protected. Today, I sign the Respect for Marriage Act into law. Deciding whether to marry, who to marry, is one of the most profound decisions a person can make. And as I've said before, and some of you might remember, on a certain TV show 10 years ago, <laughs> I got in trouble. Uh, marriage, I mean this involved my heart, marriage is a simple proposition. Who do you love? And will you be loyal to that person you love? It's not more complicated than that. Except that it is, actually, because, like, for the homosexuals who are seeking to redefine marriage, they're, they're actually not seeking that loyalty that, that Joe Biden is talking about. Right. Like that, I mean, remember, we did a show, mm-hmm. we did a program, okay, where we actually exposed the numbers and we actually exposed the, I mean, open secret that those who are living a homosexual lifestyle do not have the boundaries or the burdens of what would be heteronormative behavior. Mm. So that includes commitment. That includes monogamy. I mean, even among the homosexuals who are doing the research, they are saying that, no, actually homosexuals, even men who consider themselves to be in committed relationships with other men, do not consider themselves monogamous because that's not their starting point. Mm. It's what they call monogamish. And so it's really interesting that you've got the president standing up there saying, you know, this is just basic. This is fundamental. And, and it's it's about who you love. But that's actually not how marriage is defined. It's not about who you love. God has actually <laughs> defined marriage between a man and a woman. That's right. And when you enter into that covenant, right, you love the one that you're in that covenant with. OK, you love the one that you're mm-hmm. in that covenant with. And that covenant is reserved for male and female. That's it. That's right. bottom line. Right. Bottom line. And so all of this hoopla and here's something else that I think is really, really interesting. And and somebody and we'll open the phone lines here too. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. You can talk about anything that we've discussed this week um, and certainly what we're talking about right at the moment. 888-589-8840. Here is something that I think is really interesting. So the president said, quote, today is a good day, a day America takes a vital step toward equality. So what's le- like what's what's next? If that's just a step, well, you know the I mean? Equality like if- Act. Uh huh. <laughs> I uh, mean, that this is on. the on ramp for that. Like that's going to mm. take take it even deeper. So yeah. they're not going. That's the thing. It's not going to like stop. It, it, there's no satisfaction. Like okay, we got it. That's all we wanted mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. years ago they just wanted you know certain things and yeah. and and now you look today, it's like way beyond what they say that said that it's they exactly wanted. right so it's exactly going to continue right. on so i think this is just a nod towards the equality act it's amazing and you know and you just stop for a second and you think about some of the wording and you think about what is being it's sort of like a duality in speech here you know you're talking about a day um where decency and dignity and love are are recognized honored and protected but only for a select group of people Mm -hmm. it's it's to protect to recognize and to honor their particular proclivities and so everybody else like just who cares nobody cares 
yeah. you know, nobody cares. No, <laughs> nobody um, wants to honor right. or respect or, um, you know, reserve the dig or preserve, preserve the dignity that you have uh, and your right to conscience, your right mm. to be free unto God. Right. right. And so here's what I would I would say that even as we see this happening, which, by the way, I don't think. And guys, I understand, you know, this is going to um, take some major points away from um, my intellectual scorecard. Um, but I do not think that it's an accident that on this day and the day following, we had major weather events all across this country mm. where there was uh, loss of life and just a major um, sort of like <laughs> event. Yeah. Major damage all over widespread. And the thing is, I think we as Christians have to understand that, you know, this sexual deviancy and, and this whole agenda is uh, contrary. It's on it's on it's, it's like a, a, a collision com- coming between, you know, those who will follow Christ and this agenda. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, as they continue to march forward with these different acts and mm-hmm. this and that, what has to happen for them is that the church begins to be more and more in the, in the closet, like quiet, mm. because the things that we represent, you know, and what we know from the scriptures are in uh, contrast to their lives. And mm-hmm. if we're going to preach the, 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 the full counsel of God and, and his word, yes. man, they can't have that because yes. that's going to be that's hateful. That's exposing you know who we are so i think as we see these things continue to move forward we got to understand as christians that the expectation on us is y'all need to be quiet y'all need to mm-hmm. shut up mm-hmm. y'all need because so which means we have to do the opposite exactly that we got to keep speaking the yeah. and speak louder and be empowered yeah. by the holy spirit to, to speak you know and to do what he has called for us to do and yeah. so i think it's a time of recognition that man this is not just okay when well, we love to have this this okay that's fine mm-hmm. it will affect you as a christian Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I think that we've got to have um, that example in front of us that I, I think we saw in the Apostle Paul, where the Apostle Paul both knew what his rights were and he regarded those rights, but he was prepared to suffer even if those rights went unacknowledged. Right. And so here's here's the point that I'm making in America. We have to know what our rights are. We have to understand the rights we have as a citizen of this country, which is precious. Right. So we, we want to um, fight for that. We want to protect that. We want to defend that. But I think we've got to have the kind of um, spiritual metal, right? Like we've got to be made up of the type of first century toughness that says, even if there's no regard for our rights, mm-hmm. we're going to keep telling the truth. Continue. And and I that's think right. that's going to be really difficult for Christians to get there. I think we've got to have this understanding like the Apostle Paul, he says, you know, even though I'm in chains, the, in chains, the, the gospel, gospel is not right. chained, that's right. that's <laughs> you know, right. and I think that's hard for us because we don't Look, know this type of life. Like, it's going to be hard for the Christian who have put most of their stock in outward things like po- yeah. politics or, you know, yeah. having this person or doing this. Like if you if you put like a lot of your eggs and eggs in a basket, you know, that's outside of God. And it's going to be hard for you because the thing is, you're not going to be able to rely on that. That's, mm-hmm. that's you know, it's going to it's going to take being uh, relying on, on God and the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you and empower you to be able to stand in the way that you should stand. So I think the call is, man, that's to put let's put our uh, focus squarely on God because mm-hmm. the times are coming. They are coming, but we're not afraid of those times that's because right. we're in Christ. That's right. I will say this and then we're going to go to the phone lines here. Um, if, if you are in a conversation, if you are in a conversation with, um, a person who is talking about respect for marriage and that person would say, Hey, we need to respect these people want to get married. 
I truly would uh, challenge you and encourage you to ask first, what is marriage? Mm. And to ask if marriage involves a certain expectation of fidelity. And the reason I'm telling you that is because recent polling data and even polling data that's over 20 years old shows, and this number has remained this way, that 89% of Americans believe that infidelity is morally wrong. Infidelity in a marriage is morally wrong. And so you knowing that, I'm trying to empower um, my brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Begin with the word. Here's some of the cultural information. And then in with the word. Remember we talked about that yesterday. So here's what I'm doing. We begin with the word. God has defined marriage. But then here's some some cultural information. 89% of Americans believe that infidelity in marriage is morally wrong. And so if that is true, chances are you will be talking to someone who believes that infidelity is morally wrong. So then when you say, so we're fighting for um, marriage among two men or two women who have the starting point that there is no infidelity in that marriage because they're starting their, their Mm. governing principles are not the same as those of heterosexuals. They don't have the heteronormative uh, restraints that we have. And so then my question is, so now what are we working with? Mm -hmm. So even the speech on Tuesday is a lie. Right. Right. Because we're, we're actually not working from the same set of convictions. So what is it that we are enshrining? What are we enshrining? (laughs) You right. understand? All right. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where are we going? All right. Let's go to James in Kentucky. Hi, James. Hello. How are you, Coach, today? Hi. Y'all do a fantastic job. Thank, Thank you. Oh, God bless you. Uh, I, I, I've been married to – my wife and I have been married for 45 years. Praise God. So I have a – difficult time understanding how that a man can look at another man as he would look at a woman. Yeah. Uh, I have, you know, uh, a tremendous amount of, of respect for a man and a wife that stays together mm-hmm. through the hard times, the good times, and all of the times it comes with marriage. And marriage is, is something you have to work at over your, over the years. Uh, I love my wife dearly. We have, uh, like, we have come through hard times. Our son passed away mm-hmm. in 2008, and uh, we are raising his daughter, our oh, granddaughter. Wow. So oh, God has so blessed us with loss. her. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, thank you. But I, I can't understand uh, why that they want to put all of this in place to. Uh, if they if they just read the word of God, God mm-hmm. destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because yep. of the sins that was there. Mm-hmm. Homosexuality is a sin, mm-hmm. uh, and any way you look at it, it's a sin in God's in mm-hmm. God's eyes. Um, mm-hmm. But there are so many people. What is next? I mean, mm-hmm. what is next for this this administration that you can marry whatever you want? Mm-hmm. Is this mm-hmm. next? Yeah, because I'm going to tell you. I'm I'm going to. I'm going to tell you, brother, I'm going to tell you where I think we're going next. And, and I think that this has been hinted at in uh, various instances and in, in the way that we describe it. I think what you're going to see next is you're going to see an open celebration of the molestation of children and calling that a consenting relationship. Yep. I minor think what you're going persons. minor yeah, attracted persons. And and I and I know that we're we're wondering where well why would they go there because when when a person throws off all of the restraints that God has put into place when when a person says we will no longer submit to God's righteous decrees we will um we will not regard God's morality then there are no prohibitions 
right? Like mm. every, and so what happens And Romans lays this out for us so that we mm -hmm. can, we can even begin to understand it. When man rejects God and man does this repeatedly without regard to that, I have an inner knowledge of God. Romans says it, that God has made himself known to man. Man knows this internally. And then Romans also says that man knows this externally, mm. that all of the evidence that God exists, that he is real, right? Um, even the invisible Godhead, mm. okay? So that man is without excuses, without what excuse. Romans says, That's right. okay? So he knows God internally, mm -hmm. Romans says, Roman, Romans 1, right. and he also knows God by what God has made. He has revealed mm. himself to man so that man is without no excuse. excuse. So what does God do? So with with ignoring all of this evidence that man has, then what you see repeatedly in Romans chapter one, mm. God gave them up. And then God and then, gave them up. And then for the question, you know, how, like, how could they even do this? Because it's clear, well, they don't adhere to the word of God, number one, right. but even in Romans, as you're citing Romans chapter three, you know, as uh, Apostle Paul was quoting, uh, there is none righteous, no, not one, not even one. Mm -hmm. There is none who mm -hmm. understand. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become useless. Mm -hmm. uh, there is none who does good. There is uh, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. Mm. Uh, with their tongue, they keep deceiving. The poison, the poison of snakes is under their lips, words, uh, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction mm -hmm. and misery are in their paths. And the path of peace they have not known. Then it says there is no fear of God before their eyes. That's, mm -hmm. They don't fear God. Mm -hmm. So it's going to mm -hmm. continue to go on and on and on because there's no fear of God in their eyes. They don't yeah. respect the word of God. They don't respect the people of God. They don't respect God. And mm -hmm. so whatever they desire, that's what they're going to try to fulfill. It, mm -hmm. it won't stop. You know, yeah. and so that's why I say as Christians, we have to be girded up. We have to be ready to, to, to do exactly what the Lord is commanding us to do and not come down off the wall. Because that's, right. that's, and, you know, that's what they want us to do. And don't think yourself strange that you have not found a way to reconcile this sin and rebellion to the truth that you proclaim. So yeah. don't don't think that something is wrong with you that you just don't understand that. Like, no, praise God. You know what I'm saying? Pray, praise God that you don't have a heart that bends in the direction so as to normalize rebellion against God and to with our um, praises, with our praises, sign away people to destruction. Mm. That's what's happening in our country. People are praising other people um, and, and symbolically or essentially signing them over to destruction. And, and, and it's very, very sad. And you made a point about, you know, even in him signing this and in, in the audience bringing out the um, you know, those who they once didn't want to be out. That's front. right. That's exactly you right. Know, the, yep. So now it's like it's come open season. Out. Everybody come. You can like, all come out now. And so yep. you can expect to see more of this deviancy, yep. whatever yep. the next form is. And like you say, minor attracted persons, we call them pedophiles. That's, come on, that's man. what they're going to begin to try to endorse I, and I say this is normal. Thing. Yeah, I think that's the next thing. I think a lot of people would like to say, oh, it's going to be, you know, whatever you define as marriage, you know, throuples and whatever, um, that's already happening. That, yeah. That's already happening. And and as you heard our caller, um, I think a week ago, who suggested that, yeah, sure, if these people love each other, but but love is not the basis for a marital union. Come on. I wish people understood that. <laughs> like, even among Christians, I just said that, and there are some Christians who are like, wait, 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 but it's not. 
<laughs> no, the basis for the marital union is covenant. It's a covenantal agreement between a man and a woman, which is why when you don't feel like you love someone, you stay. Mm. This is how it gets to be a picture of Christ in the church. Okay, Aaron the Addisons, we'll be right back with more of your calls. Man, just let him go. Just, just let him go. I love that so much. Okay, I am. I love that so much. Anyways, I feel. <laughs> I'm mindful of people like my mama, who are like, what did what did the young man say? What was he saying? I caught a few words, but you know, I I don't I don't understand what he was saying. Um. Anyway, he's saying what we say here, yeah. but but setting it to music, okay, and in rap form, and and preaching to a culture. It was a Jeremiah rap, pretty much. Yes. Kind of. You know, maybe pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a woe, right? It's a lament. Like yeah. this is what's going on in the culture. Yeah. Who who is that? Will the Great? That is a uh, Dayton D A T I N featuring Bizzle called oh, My Bad. Man, I I love to listen to music, like I mean, like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I just mm-hmm. I appreciate that because you have to be you have to be gifted in a way to be clever enough to get it in a certain measure. Right. right. And to say what say what I'm saying, like I'm I'm talking about these issues, but I don't have to make it rhyme, at least not all the time. <laughs> oh, there you go. OK. OK. <laughs> Let's go back to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where are we headed? All right. Let's see. Let's go to uh, Colton in Texas. Hi, Colton. Hello, Colton. Are you Oh, did we lose? Did we lose Colton? Is your phone muted? Okay, maybe we lost Colton. Let's, okay. Let's go to Mary in North Carolina. Hi, Mary. Hey, how are y'all? Hello. Hello. God bless you. Oh, bless you. It is such a blessing to talk to people who believe in the Lord and believe Amen. his word. <laughs> Amen. Listen, I'm 72, and I'm seeing this country disintegrate before mm. my eyes. It's so sad. But I've been thinking about something, and I wanted to get your take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really thankful that we seem to be winning on the abortion issue, at least somewhat, mm-hmm. and that's good. But my thought is, if we don't get a handle on this homosexuality, and now that the 
president signed this law into effect, I don't know if there's we can. Mm-hmm. I think the country is doomed. I mean, mm-hmm. according to the Bible, and I think it was Jay you had on first said it about Sodom and Gomorrah, mm-hmm. and God says I don't change, and sexual uh, deviancy is such a perversion to Him, an abomination. I just think if we don't get this homosexuality, get it reversed. I think America is gone. I just want to get your take on it. But you know, sister. Oh, go ahead. Well, great. Thank you quick. so much for your comments. Yeah, great. Thank you for your, your comments. I, I want to say too before you uh, speak, me just that mm-hmm. we have to look at the church, and and I think we have to uh, see and evaluate Amen. if we uh, value marriage, mm-hmm. because what the mm-hmm. church has done has not been. Uh, we haven't valued marriage. We have kind of like treated it as something that we can get in and out of easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some things that are going on within the church that mirror the world. So mm-hmm. I think if we can't get it straight within the body of Christ, you know, in this country, we can't expect anything to change out there, you know. Mm-hmm. But within the church, I think we have to look at ourselves first and say, where are we missing it? inside the body of Christ. Yes, man, that's so interesting. That's almost exactly where I was going to go with regard to the church, that I think the responsibility, see the church always remains the conscience of the nation. Like the people of God, we remain the conscience of the nation, which is why we can't be so entangled and enmeshed in the nation that we lose our distinction. Like these people who don't know God are really, and, and I don't mean to sound, you know, hysterical, but they're depending on us to stay the course. They're depending on us to keep telling the truth. And who's the us? The us is the church. It's the called out ones, the ecclesia, right? And so when we diminish that truth and we go along with the culture to be able to get along with the culture, then we outlive our usefulness. Mm. Mm. We've lost our saltiness. And so to our sister Mary's point, the getting this under control will begin with the house of God. Yeah. And to my brother Will's point here, <laughs> uh, it, it will be our high regard for marriage, our high regard for God's description of human That's sexuality right. and sexual identity. And look, I'm going to tell you, we, we fell into, um, you know, unwittingly or, you know, because of fear of man, we fell into this, um, move away, even in the church, this move away from the distinctions that God has given us in maleness and femaleness. Mm. God did that on purpose. Do you understand the scriptures? The Bible records for us that male and female are made in his image. In his image, he made them. Mm -hmm. So there is something that God put in females and male to tell us about himself. Yes. It is distinct and it is different. And what we have done is we've tried to run away from those distinctions. Even in the church, we've tried to um, masculinize our women, our girls. We've tried to feminize our boys. We've moved away from this idea of God is right. God is right. Mm. And there is a certain Mm. way that men and women behave. Now, I don't have time because I want to be respectful. We've got other calls we've got to go to. I don't have time to unpack all of that. But at a very basic level, God made a distinction between the sexes and he did that on purpose. And Mm -hmm. what's the purpose that we would know him? He has put something in male and female to tell us about himself. And so our culture is marring that. Please understand that Satan knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. That's all I have time to say. I'm going to show some self-control here and I'm going to move on. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to William in Virginia. Hi, hi, William. Uh, Hello. Thanks for taking the call. Mm -hmm. Sure. So um, I wanted to share a little bit of my testimony, if I could. Um, uh, Growing up as a kid, 
I'm going to estimate between when I was five and ten years old. Um, I really wished I was a girl. Hmm. Um, and uh, it went on for some time. I remember fantasizing about it, and eventually I was able to work up the courage to to go to my mom for And um, I love uh, Jesus Christ. Um, and I'm hey, 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 William. Grateful to them. Yeah. Hey, William. I we I'm missing. Yeah. Um, I think some important aspects yeah, of your testimony because of the the phone connection there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's possible well, for you to move to a space where we can because I I really feel like what you're sharing is so vital, so important. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm missing some portions of it. So if you could go back, you said between the ages of five and ten, you desired to be a girl. And it took you a while to work up the courage, I think you were saying, to tell your mom and dad. Can you pick up from that point and, and yes. kind of tell us what happened? Okay, I'll uh, do my best. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. go ahead. Okay, so um, I have, I have uh, Christian parents. Mm-hmm. I'm a Christian as well. Um, homeschooled, actually. Uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. Now I'm an accountant. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so I went. I worked up the courage to go to my mom and and bring my feelings out about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I am very grateful to my parents. They uh, like uh, uh, validated my feelings were real, but then they affirmed me in who I was as a boy. Mm. Who I was going to be as a man? Mm. I'm, I'm just so grateful to God. William, thank you so much for calling in and sharing that. I, I really appreciate your comments. Mm. I think what you're saying is so instructive for parents today that we can have our kids, they come to us and they've got pain. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't, I'm not sure how old William is, but I, I would venture to say that the kids of this generation are facing attacks on many sides, on many different fronts. And so the confusion has ramped up. So I would imagine that there are many more kids who are going to their parents with this confusion, not because historically what we have said, we've said, um, statistically speaking, children who are confused over their sexuality or over their their what we call gender, Um, have suffered some type of trauma, whether Mm -hmm. that's sexual molestation, a strained relationship with a parent. um, That increasingly is not the case because of indoctrination. Right. Because of widespread exposure. So now you can have kids who are like, no, my childhood was perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. I just feel this way. And why? Because they have been fed a steady diet of confusion, a steady diet of confusion. What I hear our brother William saying here is that he was able to take these feelings these feelings to his parents, because remember, the feelings are not the things that we cater to. Mm. We acknowledge them, right? We acknowledge them, but we as the parents have the responsibility to direct our children toward truth, to redirect our children toward truth, right? So that their feelings will align with the truth. We Mm. don't want to try to push truth into their feelings, Do you understand what I'm saying? And say, well, you can shave off whatever doesn't fit. And I think what I hear coming from our brother is um, gratitude for Mm -hmm. that. Let that, I think that should be a lesson 
should be instructive for every parent and grandparent listening. Will the Great, let's try to squeeze in some more calls. Where do we go next? All right, let's go to Esther in Louisiana. Hi, Esther. Hi. First of all, I want to say I love listening to y'all. Um, Thank you. But it took me a few months from when I first started listening mm-hmm. to figure out who Aaron was. <laughs> 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 That's funny. <laughs> but my real question centers around um, the LGBTQ books in the library. Mm. Mm-hmm. And in our community, we recently had a um, discussion, a board meeting that, where it came up. And there will be another one next month. But I am I'm trying to figure out what kind of comments we can make that will be effective to the opposite side Mm. Um, because it doesn't help to just preach to the choir Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well can i can i say this uh is it mel are we talking to mel uh esther esther okay let me just say this to esther um i agree with you i agree with you um it hasn't helped a whole lot to be uh just talking to the choir because too often the choir doesn't march out and live what has been preached at them. That's mm. what we're finding in church. So, so we need, we need among Christians to be strengthened in our conviction that God's word is true. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that what we're seeing happen, um, especially with like uh, Kurt Cameron. And I think this is really fascinating to watch Kurt Cameron, who wants to have story reading hour with Christian <laughs> content and is being rejected by libraries. Right. Um, I think this kind of tells us where our, our the library system is if we were confused if we thought that the um that the drag queen story hour was sort of like a one-off thing like oh that's just a, a blip um no i think it tells us it strongly suggests where our library system is and what is valued there mm-hmm. so in that sense and and it's interesting will the great and i were having this conversation the other day where will you actually suggested that man is it another one of those things that we need to cut our losses you yeah. know what I'm saying? Is it yeah. another another one of those things? Except that it is a public library, right? right. And and so we do have right to access that. Right. But my question is, has it become similar to <laughs> like as you were saying, <laughs> our public schools? Right. It's right. We have the right to access those, but has have we moved to this place where it is so toppled in the direction where this now again, you can keep fighting that. And I'm not suggesting that you don't. I think what Kirk Cameron is doing is fascinating, and I'm gonna keep watching and reading about it as it mm-hmm. unfolds. Um, but I think if you're if you're going to do that, you're going to have to consistently do that. So I think all across this country, um, parents should press to host a story hour. Yeah. Now, I don't know that we have the conviction to do that. I don't know if we have the conviction to show up and do that, because rather than cursing the darkness, if we're going to light the candle, right, mm-hmm. if we're if we're going to light up the darkness, then it would be going into that space and it would be reading moral content to kids. It would be hosting one of these story hours, even at the risk of being rejected or turned down. But I think that that would be a part of what we would need to start doing. That's just my thought yeah. on that. Uh, Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to Tory in Mississippi. Hi, Tory. Hey, how y'all doing today? Doing Hello, good. God bless you. <laughs> I enjoy y'all's show. I, I am to the point to where I'm probably a lot older than y'all. I got grandkids and all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> but what what really drives me nuts, and I've learned to be still and be quiet about it and just pray on it, is that these people that believe in man and man and woman and the woman, that it's okay. Well, you know... 
as you know, as I know, it's just part of the prophecy that's happening in this world that nobody's really taken accountable, that we do have a living God and a Lord Jesus Savior. But they're, ever, they're, they're doing these HIV tests on TV, and they're showing two men kissing. Now, I, I, I understand we have parents that work, but we have kids that at home that are trying to keep their kids mm. out of this. And then, I mean, I see it. And, oh, and, Tori, and, can I just, I uh, we're going to run out of time yeah. here, but you are making an excellent point. Please let me just jump in before we run out. This is on purpose. This is to recondition kids. This is to confuse kids. We've got to stand against this. You're 100% right.